Then the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit, and Amen. Awal and Kulisan Taibin Gamian. As we are approaching right now the last Sunday of the Great Lent, remember the beginning of the journey. This is the last Sunday because next Sunday when we will gather together, we'll be celebrating the entrance of our Lord God, Jesus Christ, into Jerusalem. Which means actually the celebrate how during this Lent actually a way to transform us that the Lord actually entered into my heart and my life. In today's gospel, actually, the story that all of us will love the blind man. There's so many lessons. I remember last year I spoke to you about really one thing about this man here is spiritual enlightenment. The main goal of the journey of the Great Lent is one thing only, honestly. How the Lent can it change me? And how the Lent can it change you? Therefore, it will change the way you look at things. You will become spiritually enlightened. And in the end of the Lent, you can say right now, you know what? I was blind when I started this Lent here, the way I dealt with others. I was blind in many different aspects in my life. But now I can say one thing I can see. Remember, I spoke about spiritual enlightenment. And the main goal of the great journey is one thing only. How can our Lord God, Jesus Christ, open our spiritual eye? Another lesson actually we learned from today's gospel is basically how to grow in faith. This man met Jesus and he thought just a good man. And it's amazing in the end of the story he discovered that he is the Messiah. He's a savior and that's one thing how you look at Jesus. But today actually I want to focus to you on the question that the disciple asked Jesus. Which all of us sometimes we ask the same question even now. Especially lately and so many things happen around us. Always love to blame what's happened. What did I do? The question actually comes that the disciple asked Jesus, Rabboni, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Normally when we run to any hardship or a struggle or a problem, we like to point the finger at something. What happened? What did I do wrong? Especially all of us sometimes we feel guilty of something. What happened? What did I do wrong? But what's really amazing, the Lord answered and said, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. And now actually ask yourself, why did the disciples ask the question? Why did they ask Jesus if this man sinned as his parents? Most likely there are two. Number one, if you remember last week's story in John chapter 5 with the paralytic man, after our Lord God Jesus Christ healed the paralytic man, in the end of the gospel, he told him, sin no more. But most likely the disciples were there watching. And most likely the disciples said, maybe because of his sin. And that's probably a possibility. That's why the disciple asked Jesus, did this man sin or his parents? That's one possibility. Another possibility, actually, in the Old Testament itself, with a lot of actually talk about the inequity of the parents that will come on the children. And you will find this in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter, uh, chapter 5, verse 9. Deuteronomy, chapter 5, verse 9, it's a very scary verse, especially for parents. Yani. The Lord God said, I am the Lord, your God. I am a jealousy God. Visiting the inequity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation. And that's actually very scary, how we look at God. For sure, there is a consequences of sin. But I like today, actually, our Lord God, Jesus Christ, that's why they call it the, 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 old, the New Testament, the Testament of Grace. The major difference between the Old Testament and New Testament, one thing only. 
our Lord and Savior Christ. His grace. So actually today our Lord and Savior Christ is changing the way we look at hardship. It's changing the way we look at things. Sometimes we like to point the finger, to blame others. And sometimes all of us we can have this guilt feeling. But today our Lord and Savior Christ said, by the way, I want to tell you one thing. This hardship or this sickness or this struggle that you are going through right now, it's for the glory of God. And I love very much actually because I want you to look at your God as a loving God. Sometimes some of us look at God as basically God coming here to revenge. Yani Anna, I was actually talking to somebody this week about, he thinks yani God is actually going after him. I tried to explain to him, can you imagine your parents will go after you? Can you imagine your father then to just come? Look at the prodigal son. He did not even come to confess. His father saw him from far away. Look at Jesus, how he looked at the sinful woman. And he said, Look, no, no one will judge you, I will not judge you. But yet, there is definitely a consequences for certain sin. But definitely, the New Testament, actually, that is the, the time for grace. The New Testament is basically God's grace. And I love today, our Lord God, Jesus Christ, it's changing the view. Trying to tell us, I want you to change the view how to look at things. Sometimes hardship, a struggle, or problem happen in your life, it's one thing only. It's for the glory of God. It's for the glory of God. That's why he said, neither this man sin, nor his parents, but actually this hardship, or this struggle that you are going through right now, the goal for it is one thing only, is for the glory of God. And we can see that actually in the story of Lazarus. Yeah, and next Saturday we have Lazarus Saturday. And actually the family of Lazarus, Mary and Martha, they actually the most loved family to our Lord God Jesus Christ. To the point that our Lord God Jesus Christ decided the last five days or four days in his life here on earth, guess what? He will stay in Bethany from Saturday night, this coming Saturday night, to uh, the eve of Palm Sunday, and he will go to Jerusalem, spend the whole day in Jerusalem, go back to his family, the family that he loved, and he stay with them Monday night, Tuesday night, until he was basically arrested. So therefore, actually, this family went through a major hardship. Their younger brother passed away. And they sent it even to Jesus. And tell him, look, by the way, the one you love is dead. And he said, by the way, our Lord God Jesus Christ has said in the story of Father, he said, this sickness is not for death, but for the glory of God. Even if you're struggling with any kind of sickness right now, any hardship, any marad andak wallahaga, don't think in how God is punishing you or something. Look at it as one thing. It's of the glory of God. Jesus said, by the way, this sickness, that the one I love, Lazarus, so much, it's not for death, but actually for the glory of God. And that's what really today's gospel I love so much because it gives us in the beginning how hardship and the work God can work in us. How can God use us in any kind of hardship to change us, to, to, to help us? But therefore, this sickness is not for death, but for the glory of God. And that's why actually maybe St. Paul actually wrote a beautiful verse in Romans chapter 5, verse 3 and 8, 4. He put, I call it the best equation of hardship. St. Paul said actually, Romans 5, 3 and 4, he said, we glorify in tribulation. And we are happy that God allow us some hardship in our life right now. Thank you, Lord. We glorify for hardship. We glorify tribulation. Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. You see here four, I call it the equation of hardship. The equation of hardship, when hardship comes or a struggle comes, 
one thing will happen actually. Number one, it will be tribulation, perseverance, sabr, the deep sabr. Number two, will bring character, perseverance, character. Then after that, will bring hope in hope. For therefore, St. Paul actually telling us, you know what? Hardship sometimes is actually is good for you to help you. One of the fathers said, any hardship or trials either will defeat you or to develop you. Any hardship that you go throughout in your life either will to defeat you, destroy you emotionally, psychologically, and even financially, or basically sometimes it will, it will develop you. How many times you and I will read a story about some people actually went through a major hardship and this hardship is changing to become great, to make a difference. Even Zechariah and Elizabeth, a beautiful family, the Bible mentioned in Luke chapter 1 that they're both of them righteous before God and walking in all his commandments. Can you imagine walking in his blameless? Yet when you read the chapter, Luke chapter 1 verse 5, say they, but, what's but here? They had a problem. They had no child. And during this time, by the way, people look at them. Can you imagine Abuna in the church and going through a very difficult time and hardship? Everybody will judge him. I'm sure everybody judges the career and Elizabeth. How come they don't have a children? They are good people, but there's something wrong with them. But actually, that was for the glory of God. In the end, they had the most beautiful child. The one, actually, our Lord God, Jesus Christ, the greatest among men, John the Baptist, that he became the forerunner of our Lord God. But today, actually, I wanted to walk away from this beautiful verse here. When the disciple asked Jesus, neither this man's sin or his parents, but any hardship or any struggle that you're going through with right now, how can you use it and how can we use it to become for the glory of our Lord God? I'm going to tell you strictly three things. Number one, it could be a way to help you, to inspect you. You know, when you, do a house, when you build a house, you get the inspector, the inspector come and make sure that you will look in what's wrong and emphasize it will give you a bunch list. For sometimes actually in our relationship with God, we need to get a, an inspector come to the inspector. By the way, you have a bunch of list items here. You have to change this and this in order for you to basically pass and you can basically to get the certificate of occupancy. That sometimes we do that. For actually, it could be a way that perfect example for us actually, Abraham and Isaac. Can you imagine our Lord God Jesus Christ coming to Abraham and tell him, look, I want to tell you one thing. Take your only beloved son, the one you love, and actually, the Lord God actually placed so much emotion with Abraham. He did not tell him, take your son. But he said to him, I want you to take your beloved son, the one you love, very emotional, and offer me as a sacrifice. When he, all the father said, he took Isaac with him, knowing that God will provide. God will save him. He had no doubt, without, يعني, beyond reasonable doubt. I, Abraham took his son Isaac. I remember there's one an old fraction in the church, but we do not use this fraction anymore. It was a very beautiful fraction. I remember Abunab Shri Dimitri, I showed him one time. Uh, the one who wrote the fraction actually blamed so much emotion. Yani Isaac is telling his father, now we are going to offer a sacrifice. Where is the sacrifice? Then when he told him, like, he's going to be the sacrifice, both of them started crying and weeping. Then Isaac said, can I go back to my mother? Just tell her, look, by the way, Khalad, that's it. Fa'alu, no, the Lord chooses the will provide, yani. My point is the Lord God chose actually this hardship and through it actually become a symbol to all of us as Isaac was offering himself. Actually, the Lord actually, our Lord God Jesus Christ become, and Isaac become a symbol of our Lord God Jesus Christ. Hardship number one, it could be a way.
to help us actually to inspect your faith. Number two, actually, could be a way to correct us in our journey, in our relationship with God. God, we agree that he's not punishing you. He's a father. But it could be a way to correct you, to guide you, to change you. I remember, actually, <coughs> one time one of the young men passed away. That's a few years ago. And some of his friends, actually, I gathered and met with them. We used to know when you have a young man dying, it very was a tough accident, actually. And one of his friends actually said, you know what? His death actually for me. I said, why? He said, Abuna, I'm far away from God. I'm, I want to change. I remember I shared that with his parents, how most of his friends actually, yes, he's a, yani, he was a, yani died, but you know what? Many people actually change because of this. For sometimes a hardship can be a way, number one, not only to inspect us, to correct us. I love actually uh, when... Uh, David the prophet and the king said something. A very interesting verse, by the way. This is in Psalm 119, verse 72. It's a tough verse. He said, David, it's good for me that I have been afflicted. Can you imagine? It's good for me that I've been afflicted. That I might learn. That David the prophet and the king said, said that. Number one, to inspect us. Two, to correct us. Number three, actually. The reason is to glorify God. Number three, actually, to perfect us. In our relationship with God, we need to be perfect. Can you imagine Tamaf Irini struggled with so many sickness in her last days in her life? We saw our beloved father here, Abu Nafshir Dimitri, a great man. From after he became a priest, right away he had a massive heart attack. And he gone through sickness all his life. But you know what? God wanted to perfect him. Sometimes hardship or a struggle that could be a way to basically to perfect us, to change us. To, to perfect us. This is basically like I look at Joseph, perfect example for all of us. Joseph went through much hardship. And honestly, he did nothing wrong in his life. He was actually, if you notice one thing about Joseph, by the way, you know, he did not have the law of Moses to tell him, do not commit adultery. But it seemed like he had the holy tradition. His father told him, no, don't do this, don't do this. At that time, time the, Joseph, he did not have any law to tell him what's right and wrong. But yet, he had the law come from his parents learned that, you know what, what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. But he refused to commit a sin with his master's wife. And he said, how can I commit the sin here? He went through a hardship. But let me tell you the conclusion of, uh, of Joseph when he saw his brothers. This is in Genesis uh, 50, I think 51. Genesis 51 verse 20. He said, you meant evil against me, but God meant a good to me. When that's a good verse for all of us, sometimes when you have some friends or other people really, you think that they're doing evil against you? No. I wanted today to look at it. Whatever hardship, it's for the glory of God. You meant evil to me? You meant to hurt me? Fine. But I'm sure in the end, God will make it to become a good for me and glorify for me. It's an amazing how you look at this hardship today. And remember one thing. Hardship is not a punishment from God. It could be a way to inspect us. It could be a way to correct us. It could be a way to perfect it to us. And the most beautiful thing, when our Lord God Jesus Christ, he said, neither this man or his parents sin, but this hardship or this struggle that you are going through right now, or this problem that you are going through right now, for one thing only, for the glory of God. May all of, all of us get a me glorify God in everything in our life. For good, for bad, for whatever happened in our life, glorify him. Knowing that he's a loving and kind father, and glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.